Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Gator Nation, welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast. This is episode 71. As always, I'm your boy Hirsch. With me, as always, CJ the Man McCann. What's up, guys? And the hype man, Wes. Good, Gator Nation. Guys, we got a jam-packed episode for you this week, man. Lots of information to cover. Coaching hire, a commitment Portal go, comings, goings, visits, comings, goings. I mean, y- y'all know everything's going on. Um, the only thing we don't have to cover is defensive line coach because we still don't have one. We'll talk about the rumors on that later on in the show. But as always, guys, make sure you check us out wherever you get your podcast from. If you're checking us out on the YouTube channel, guys, and y'all have been killing it on the likes and the comments and the subscribes on the YouTube channel, keep it up, man. Give us the best gift that we could have for Christmas. Give us a subscribe to the channel. Hit that button right above, man. And in the comments below, man, leave a player that you would like Santa to bring the Gators for Christmas down below in the comments. Uh, once again, let, once again, let's let's be reasonable. Uh, Walter Nolan is not going to end up under the Christmas tree. Um, as of right now, I'm not sure Xavier Filsamy is going to be up underneath the Christmas tree. Um, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but. Leave it down below, guys. Leave a guy that you see in the portal. Maybe you would like the Gators to take a shot at. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll send a note to Santa and see if he can make it happen for you. All right, boys. Like I said, a lot of information coming down the pike this week. Man, it started off Monday. We got busy. Um, Gators finally made their hire at defensive back coach. We Look, you know, the, it's the Internet age. We all knew who this was. It was no – secret who it was will harris hired as db coach uh formerly now uh assistant secondary coach of the chargers before that was the defensive coordinator for the georgia southern eagles right down the road from me i've seen this guy coach in person didn't even know it (laughs) um and before that db coach at university of washington where he had some some really good success there guys 36 years old man i mean he's still a very very young cat very energetic. I really like the vibe I've seen from him already. I mean, he tweeted out, you know, first thing that he was going to see X plug. <laughs> um, not quite the uh, come play for the Joker vibe that everybody was trying to trying to make out of it. Um, but look, man, this is a guy that at Washington when he was there helped the Huskies put one of the 
you know, best defenses in the country on the field. I believe I saw that the last year he was there that the Huskies only gave up six passing touchdowns on the season. And um, that's in a conference, the Pac-12, as we all know, is not known for defense. I had two kids there. Great. I had an All-American there every year he was there. Two kids in one season graded out by PFF over 85. I mean, that's these are really good deep dive numbers when you look at it. Uh, obviously, he's moved up very quick to be 36 years old and already, you know, been to the places he's been. Todd Hilton obviously saw something into, you know, Todd Hilton. Um, Coach Hilton at, at Georgia Southern obviously saw something in him to bring him on over there as defensive coordinator after being the coach at USC. Yeah, Todd Hilton. Uh, Tennessee quarterback. I was going to say with the Rockies, Colorado Rocky, great Todd Hilton. Um, yeah, get together, Hirsch. <laughs> Slacking, um, guys. Obviously, I mean, we're just getting to know Coach Harris here. We're doing a little of a you know quick study on the man, but Wes, I'll start with you. Are, are you excited about this guy? I mean, he looks like a really good hire on paper, and I mean, it seems like people are really excited about him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Excited. Uh, I feel like uh, with uh, Armstrong and how young he is, you want like minds in the room when when you're doing uh, when, when you're collaborating and doing things. I was just watching a, uh, a podcast uh, about my NFL team, and it was talking about how offensive coordinators sometimes, if you're coming into a new situation, you want to make sure your offensive line coach, uh, as far as the run game, is, is you guys are collaborating well. And the same thing with Armstrong calling his defense. You want to make sure you have a guy that comes in uh, that that has the same ideals uh, that you have as far as how and principles that you have as far as playing uh, defenses, and 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 that that matters. Uh, you can call it, but if you're not in sync with what your coaches are teaching in, every day, uh, then you're going to have issues on the back end. And we know the back the, the issues we had on the back end with some of the guys that we've had issues with. And I, and I feel like we have a young secondary that may be coming in next year. And, and to have his imprint and influence on that secondary uh, is essential to us being who we think we can be. Um, I, we saw the, the, the post he made. Uh, that, that means he can he connect to the young kids uh, and recruit well, uh, which is shouldn't be hard. I know CJ uh, pointed out some stuff in our group chat, which he's absolutely right about. We shouldn't have to go out of state to be always trying to get DBs, Florida bursts DBs all the time uh, so that we shouldn't have to go unless you want to go get this five-star that's in Alabama, this five-star that's in Texas or in Georgia. Then, but, but to me, those are neighboring cities, especially with Texas coming to the SEC. So um, I love his energy. I uh, love his teaching. Uh, I'm not going to go and chronicle the things he did at the University of Washington, but it's there. If you want to go look up what he did at the University of Washington and, and the success he had there, I mean, it's there. I mean, one of the best DBs in the league right now. I want to say, if, if I'm wrong, you guys can correct me uh, in the comments. Hirsch and CJ correct me. Witherspoon, I want to say he recruited Witherspoon, the, the the DB that's playing for the Seattle Seahawks right now that went number four overall. I want to say he was the guy that recruited him. If I'm wrong, you guys correct me, but I think he did. Um, and, and Washington is always – I mean, Washington made the playoffs bef- and got blown out by Alabama, but they made the playoffs some years ago. When he was there, I believe, if I'm not mistaken about that either. So the the, the dude knows defense uh, as far as secondary. I, I love his attitude. I just want a guy that's, that's not afraid of NIL, that's not afraid of recruiting, of the new age of football. These old guys are getting washed out because they're not accepting what it is. Uh, he, he was in the uh, uh, secondary for the San Diego Chargers. Or, or the, what is it, the L.A. Chargers now? But um, he was there. He, of course, he had some guys, Santi Samuel and – uh, during James, but I mean, they just six he's nothing. Coaching Knowles, I mean, it, he's he's hamstrung. Yeah, yeah, and I mean <laughs> that that too. But uh, um, they were six. What it was six nothing against the Patriots, I believe they lost. I mean, they won, and then another low scoring game this week. I mean, he's doing. Uh, he's a part of that defense, even though he was assistant coach. I just love his rise, and it, it, apparently the guy's rising that fast and uh, left college to go to the NFL. I just don't think we're going to keep him long. That, that's my opinion, and that's the type of coaches I want. I want an Armstrong that I feel like uh, if he's going to be that dude that we may have Armstrong for three years, four years tops. And I feel the same way about Harris. 
Harris is not going to be here long. Maybe he's the defense coordinator. If Armstrong is who we hope he can be when these young guys come into fruition and the better talent than the, the guys that preceded them. As we talked about, some of these guys were older. Some of these guys, we played a lot of young guys, got to get the teaching in. It takes, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, Hirsch and CJ, maybe they'll speak on it uh, and write a note as they, as they, they, they speak. But it takes a unit two to three years as far as a teacher to get the understanding of with the principles and things you want to do in defense. Kirby didn't come into Georgia and win and, and started winning right away. We beat Kirby year one. It took him a while to get the guys he wanted in to teach his principles on that defense with the talent that he had. And then they learned it and it took him through to three. Okay, this is what I'm supposed to be. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do my assignment. I may get beat, but coach, I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. And I feel like that's Armstrong's year one. He came in late. And I feel like going into year two and three, which I, I think 2025, we all will envision with Lagway being the, the, the sophomore, racial freshman quarterback uh, as I hear. So I, hopefully our defense can be up to par then. So um, I, I love Harris. I love the, 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 young, the young enthusiasm that he has. Uh, and I think he'd be great. CJ? I like Will Harris. I think Will Harris could be a really good coach for us. He's a young mind. He's not long in the tooth. He's not fed up with everything. You know, he's the kind of coach that seems like he's enthusiastic. He's ready to coach. Uh, he's got a great pedigree. He's done a good job. Washington has always produced great defensive backs. You can go back to the true thoughts and those guys. Um, that's just what they do up there. Um, you know, I think it's a good, good mesh. I think he'll fit in well. I think he's, um, I think he's going to be a better recruiter than maybe what his stats show at the moment. Um, you know, you look at Washington, it's hard to really recruit Washington. Uh, kids that aren't from the Pacific Northwest historically aren't, you know, running to Washington to play. That's just not what they do. It's it's kind of, you know, hamstrung. Now things might change a little bit with Washington being on the rise, and you'll see some different things. But, you know, historically Washington, you know, isn't a very easy place to recruit. Um, so, you know, I don't really want to judge him based on what he did with what he didn't have. Um, now he's got Florida, you know, we could say whatever we want to, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, we should get every kid that we, we go after, but Florida is definitely on a list of a lot of kids still. Um, you know, you could go into a state that like Wes said, produces tons of DBs. Um, we need to get kids out of the state now and two, there's a double-sided coin there. The the 24 class in the state of Florida was historically kind of down, not exactly what we were looking for. There were some good players, but not really just like this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. You know, you're talking about maybe four to five kids at each position, maybe. Um, so you, you're looking at Florida be on the upswing next year. Um, you want to get kids closer to home. It's easier to kind of retain those kids, I think. Um, you know, is that being that's now part of your your roster, you know, you have to just work on retention. Um, you got to figure that out. And that's just the way the game is evolving. So uh, I'm not saying you, you definitely, you just want to go after low rated kids because they're from around here, but you want to get the higher rated kids in the state. You, you've got to go, you got to do that going forward. Um, you know, you know, kind of in 23, we did a good job of it. In 24, we haven't done such a great job of it. Um, a lot of transplants, um, you know, talent is talent, and I'm not saying that Florida has better athletes than everybody, but I, I think that, that it's more of a sound process to try to get some of these kids from around here, and uh, hopefully Will Harris can do that. Um, I, I think he's, as far as fundamentals go, you watch how his defenses play, your secondaries played, they all do very good things. Um, you know, they're, you know, statistically at the top of the country when he was at Washington. Um, so I, I think he can bring that here. Um, you know, we're not talking about him being at Washington 10 years ago. We're talking about three or four years. So it's, it's not like there's a huge time gap that you've got to be consider, uh, concerned with. Like, you know, we talked about Corey Raymond and how his secondaries had not been quite what they once were at LSU. But, and, you know, this is a guy who was very successful not long ago. Um, definitely looked like he was doing very good in the NFL. I mean, that whole coaching staff's probably going to get gutted in, in, at the Chargers anyway. That's just the way the NFL works. Um, so that, I don't, I don't look too much into him, you know, leaving. I don't, I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's going to do a good job. I think he'll mesh well. I think he'll fit in with the uh, the scheme and what they want to run. 
Yeah, I really like the fact that a once like we've covered, he's a young guy. Um, this landscape has dramatically changed. This is a young coach's game now, uh, for the most part. A lot of these older guys, man, remember they've been around well before NIL and having to deal with this. Um, and a lot of them don't like it. And one of those was Corey Raymond. Corey Raymond, from all reports, was was tired of this new landscape of college football. We covered it in last week's episode. A lot of the recruits that he missed on that he, if it hadn't been for NIL stuff, he probably wouldn't have missed on. And you have to know that wears on a guy's, you know, psyche about what he's doing when it's like, man, I'm tired of this. If I got the coach paid players, you know, that I'm having to, you know, fend off the highest bidder for, I might as well go to the NFL and at least do it at that level. And I think that's what you're going to see Corey Raymond and maybe a a few other guys that are a little more older in the game do. Uh, This is a young man who's chasing that opportunity right now. Will Harris is looking for that next opportunity. He's a guy that's played the position. He, He played the last few years at under Pete Carroll at USC, he was in their secondary when they were going 12 and one and, and 13, you know, um, he played on those teams at, at corner and then at safety later on in his career. Um, he's got defensive coordinator experience, whether you say, well, he's only one year at George Southern, that's still defensive coordinator experience. He's, he's called play. He's, you know, he knows the whole defense. It'll work well with, you know, with Armstrong, who works with the safeties as well. And maybe he won't now that he's got a guy that's got fellow defensive coordinator experience coaching his secondary. We'll just have to see how all that plays out in the spring and whatnot. But you really, really got to go back to, like I said, he's a young guy. He's coached at both levels. He's coached with the NFL players. Now he's coached with college players. He's a guy that likes to work and develop guys. And if you've watched our product on the field the last few years, Regardless of your thoughts of Corey Raymond, you may say Corey Raymond didn't just forget how to coach, and you you may be, well be right. But maybe he was not – his whole heart wasn't into it. I mean, you just had to step back, and, and we don't know. We know that he was ready to go. <laughs> so can't wait to see what Will Harris can do. Uh, but he's not walking into the easiest of challenges, not just from the coaching standpoint. Obviously, he's got his work cut out on the field. But, man, he walks into a hornet's nest in recruiting right off the rip. You've got rumors, and I, I use the term rumors lightly because it, is, it isn't just rumors, guys. It's, it's The truth is out there. <laughs> the X-Files, the truth is out there. Um, Xavier Filsamy is, is neck deep in talks with, with the Texas Longhorns. They are sitting very – good right now to try to get a flip from him. And as we speak right now, Will Harris and Coach Napier and Armstrong are getting ready to go in home with Vilsamy in, in there in Texas. And it this might be the last, you know, the the Hail Mary attempt to to get him back in the class. And who knows? Maybe he sits down with with Will Harris and Will Harris is like and he's like, man, this is what I wanted to hear. Florida's going in the right direction. Um or maybe it's too late. Maybe Texas money's already got him, got him, you know, thinking everything's bigger in Texas, and I'm going to stay here and and see what and be part of a winning team right now. And guys, therein lies, you know, the rub. You lose games, negative recruiting becomes very easy. You fire coaches, negative recruiting becomes very easy. You're seeing it with other players that are up in the air right now. Amaris Williams. Um, and a few others. I mean, I feel pretty good about the rest. I, I think LJ McCray's probably in a really good spot for the Gators. I'm not worried about that. I think Phil me and Morris Williams are probably the two biggest worries you have right now. But both of those guys are being negatively recruited with the fact that uh, your, your team can't win. And your coaching staff is most likely not going to be there next year. It, it's it's this is, you know, you reap what you sow. It sucks for us as fans because we can't do anything about it except grin and bear it and cuss on social media, which we do. We let our displeasures be known. At the end of the day, you know, these coaches got to go out there and earn their keep. All I ask is, hey, don't be that fan that if, if Xavier Filsamy flips to Texas, oh, well, this Will Harris guy ain't worth the crap. 
he had one job and he and he, he couldn't even get that done because he's walking in with a loaded, you know, <laughs> a loaded gun. So, um, but hey, man, it's not all negative news. Um, we did get a commitment right off the rip this week with the same day on Monday from a big time player out of the JUCO ranks. Brian Taylor Jr. committed to Florida over UGA and Auburn. And make no mistake about it, UGA wanted this guy. This is a big guy, man. A 6'6", 270-pound. He's out of uh, Blinn Community College there in Texas. He's from Texas. Uh, if you've seen pictures of this guy, he he's the epitome of looks like Tarzan. Uh, I, and from the videos I've seen, at least against his competition, he plays like it too. This is like the number eight Juco player in the whole country. So it's been a while since we really dipped into Juco for, for a guy that, you know, we thought could be a solid contributor. I mean, you get guys from Juco, but usually they're fillers. So CJ, what's your take on, on Brian Taylor and what he might be able to contribute next year? I mean, look, let's get him in here and let's see. That's, that's my mindset with the guys from Juco. They might be great. They might not. It's just, I think that's everybody. When you're talking to recruiting, Nobody's a guaranteed 100% stamp of approval success. You know, can't miss. It It, it doesn't exist. Uh, there's very few of those guys. Um, the guy, from what you see on the film, he looks explosive. He's got great size. Uh, he looks like the typical defensive lineman that you want to get. If Georgia wants him, then obviously he's got to be pretty good. Um, Auburn, same thing. Um, you know, I think that he's a guy that could come in and definitely help contribute um that's that's what you're looking for right now florida is in the mindset they need guys who can come in and play and make immediate impacts because the situation that we're in we we can't afford to take guys right now that we're like well maybe he'll play you know a couple years sit him on the bench we'll wait and see you know i just don't feel like that that's uh practical right now for for billy napier and his staff and i think billy's not an idiot i think he knows that i think he knows I gotta, I gotta start winning some damn football games. Um, so y- you're not going to do that with a bunch of freshmen. At least, at least I wouldn't, I wouldn't attempt that. Um, you know, freshmen are still freshmen. We saw it last year. We had a lot of talented freshmen, but they still played like freshmen. That's just what, what the reality of the situation is. So if you're leaning on those guys, eh, you got to be worried about it. You know, understand junior college and the SEC are two different animals, but it's not unheard of for these guys to come in and have success. He can definitely come in and have some success. He's got snaps under his belt. He can come in and contribute. I'm not saying he's going to be uh, an all American, but you've got to look at it from the the mindset of this guy knows what he's doing. He won't be as hard to teach. You don't have to start from ground zero. This guy knows exactly where, where, what he's doing at this point. He's played the game for a while. So he's definitely a guy that you can look at and say, that guy could come in now and make an impact. And I think that's why Florida wanted him. I think that they need to get some guys now, especially on that defensive line, that can come in and make an impact because, the you know, <laughs> defensive line play has not been uh, stellar, I would say. There's, there's bright spots. There's for sure some bright spots. There's some guys that are doing some great things. But it's not consistent enough yet. Uh, you've got to be able to get pressure. We're not getting pressure. We're not getting in the backfield. We're not producing enough tackles for loss. You've got to get guys who can come in, and it's not all technique. You've got to have guys that are explosive. You can't teach the first step. If either guy's got it or he doesn't, um, you know, you can kind of teach him some of the moves, some of the techniques uh, inside to kind of get yourself free. But if I mean, you can't teach a motor. The guy's either got it or he doesn't. And uh, you know, I think they feel like this guy's got it. Wes, so you like this pickup of Brian Taylor? I mean, he looks the part. Yeah, I like it from different reasons. From uh, some stuff I agree with CJ on, and some stuff that I disagree with what he said. Um, I'm not as concerned with the D line as he is, um, and, and and to me, it's more of a development thing. I like Jackson. I like Lions. I like Watson. Um, I, it hurt to, to lose my boy. You uh, listen to the podcast. For the last two years, McClellan, I, I hated that loss. But inside, I feel like those guys are guys. We just need more development there as far as hand techniques, uh, being more violent. Uh, I, I've said on this podcast before, I missed Jonathan Bullard 
to me, 21, uh, as much as people like Easley and, and Floyd, which I love those guys when they were here, to, to see Bullard being kind of undersized and playing that D-tackle position and having 21 tackles for loss, to me, was something ridiculous. And I would love to see that again. And to me, that's the thing. Whoever, I, I can't remember who our D-line coach was, but what I don't know if Bullard developed that, that, that on his own, but that is something that to me was special to, to be, to live in it, to, to be live, to have the defense that we had with Keanu Neal and Marcus May and Vernon Hargraves and Chris Wilson, and Jalen Tabor and Jared Davis and Antonio Morrison and uh, Brian Cox Jr. on the side and Alex McCosser. But he was the focal point of the defense because he could direct the whole offensive, uh, what they were trying to do at that defensive tackle position. And that's what we were missing. And I love what I saw from, uh, from uh, 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 uh from um, uh, I can't remember the names right now. From uh, yeah, Kurt. From, um, what's that two DN's name? I I don't know why I can't think of the name right now. Um, Cersei, Cersei, and Kelby Collins. Kelby Collins, yeah, uh, yeah. So to me, as CJ was saying about we can't count on freshmen. To me, those guys are coming in sophomore year, so I need to step up. They were highly recruited guys. Sophomore year, I need you to show me something, Cersei. I need you to take another step. He had flashes, like you say, but he was playing behind uh, Princely, who had an awesome year. So it was, he couldn't get on the field as much. But not, next year is your year. Kelby Collins, okay, you were behind a guy. We have Boone coming back. Boone tore something, so he may not be Boone, but we have Kelby Collins on, uh, backing up Boone. And we have searches. So I just need guys to back up. Hopefully, if, like uh, Hirsch was just talking about um, McCray being in his class, you have that freshman to like Cersei was this year to back up Cersei this year. So I'm not as uh, to me, I just want development on, on the D line. Cause I feel like we have a lot of talented guys. We have the guys to, to do things up front is to me is the teaching and the development. And the defense can allow those guys to be special because I feel like if they go to Georgia or they go to those guys had offers through those schools, Kevin Collins could have gone to Alabama. TJ Cersei wasn't, maybe he wasn't as recruited as well, as high as some of those uh, other guys that we got in, but we saw the talent. We saw the hustle. Uh, some things that we got on some guys about, like, what am I supposed to do on this play? Sergey made plays with effort. He has that motor. So I love that about him, and he seems coachable. So whoever, whoever this new defensive coordinator, I'm a defensive line coach that comes in, he can work with him because he's a guy that seems teachable. Those are the type of guys that uh, you know some fans, uh, one of my boys with who, who I talked to, gets a lot of news from him. he was like what culture is Napier building I'm like culture of guys that want to be at the University of Florida because I feel I feel like Cersei could have left he put enough on film that if he wanted to chase a bag somebody could have come and got him whether it was Arkansas it didn't have to be a special school but he could have got Kelby a bag Collins absolutely did exactly so those guys could have gone other places so the the recruiting class and the guys that he's getting in want to be Florida Gators because we know from the stuff that we all hear from different sources. We don't all – CJ has a different source than I have. Hirsch has a different source than I have. I have a different source than they have. We know we don't pay money like some of these other schools are paying money. So if these guys are at Florida, it's because they want to be at Florida, from our knowledge. Maybe there's some other stuff that we don't know from other people, but from what we know from guys that we get information from, the guys that are at Florida – root those guys on because they definitely want to be here because I'm pretty sure the guys that are talented, the Castells, the Collins, the Cerseys, those guys are getting bags, offers from other schools. Trust me, behind the scenes. Stuff that we are too timid, like Hirsch was talking about, that we don't do, that we're scared of. Other schools are doing it and they're trying to get our guys. They're trying to make sure that we are the trash of the SEC even though we're University of Florida. Whether it's Miami, Florida State, Georgia, uh, Alabama, Ohio State, those guys are coming up to our talented guys. And the guys that stay here that I believe that are still talented and that can make and uh, be difference makers on the defense and offense, those guys want to be University of Florida Gators. And they want to play for the Coach Napier and whoever the defensive coaches they become in. But it's, it starts with Napier. So I've got to give Napier credit for the guys that he's bringing in that are staying because we, we have a lot of talented guys on our roster that other teams will be happy to get and, and pluck from us. Yeah, um, I, I really do like the talent on the defensive line, like you said. And I know everyone is just eagerly awaiting this announcement of the defensive line coach. Um, a lot of rumors out there. No, it's not Ed Orgeron. Sorry to burst y'all's bubble. 
Everybody wanted to hear him say, go Gator. I, I know that, but it ain't going to happen. We, we, lit, we lit a pie on Saturday. Yeah. We lit a pie on Saturday. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, don't forget to tip your waitress on CJ for the you know impersonations. Um, rumor in the rumor in the stove is it's Duke defensive line coach Jess Simpson. I'm not going to beat around the bush on that. It it is what it is. That's the rumored name right now. Um, supposedly we're waiting till probably after they Duke plays their bowl game. Um, why are we waiting? I don't know, guys and girls. I am not in charge of contracts at the University of Florida and this, that, and the other. Um, I don't make those money decisions. Know this, Billy Napier doesn't make those money decisions either. If you want to direct anger at somebody about that, his name is Scott Strickland. Um, you know, that's what that goes to. Yeah. I can't I can't help you with that. <laughs> um, Scott, Jess Simpson, you can do your research on this. He's, he's had very good defensive lines at Duke. He was Dan Quinn's choice to be his defensive line coach for the Atlanta Falcons when they had some good seasons. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into that. He was Manny Diaz's defensive line coach at Miami. Say what you will about Manny Diaz, the head coach. The guy does know good defense. He's a good defensive coach um, and was the associate head coach at Miami. So he's he's got a decent resume. And, you know, he's not going to knock your socks off with his recruiting exploits and things like that but i've said this to other people in our facebook chat and other conversations i've had but um right now i watched coach spencer miss on every nose tackle he recruited for over two cycles i've watched our defensive line play like they're not full like they haven't been developed really really well and i know mike pete is doing a lot of good recruiting especially for the for the outside guys, uh, the L.J. McCrays of the world, if you will. Get me a coach that can develop for right now. Because let me tell you this, say things do go sideways next season, Billy Napier and staff are out the door, at least maybe the next guy inherits a good, a well-developed room. I mean, you have to look at this from positive out, you know, outlooks. Maybe he comes in and says, oh, you guys are playing, you know, let's let's get your technique better. Let's get your, you know, all of that worked out. I mean, these are the, I am a glass half full kind of guy when I look at these situations. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Because I just, that's how I choose to look at them. I know a lot of people will choose to look and be like, that higher don't move my needle a bit. And that's fair. That's your choice. You know, if you don't like a hire, you don't like a hire. But that's just a rumor right now. Nothing's official. I guess we'll see when we see. I mean, we all we can do is wait because they like to make us wait. What can I say, guys? Um, let's talk about some other visitors that were in, especially 2024 recruits. Uh, Greg Smith visited, took his official visit. He did push his decision date back. It was supposed to be today. He pushed it back to early signing day. But the reason for that supposedly is he's having a big recruiting commitment video filmed. Um, I mean, I, I've told there's nothing to worry about on that, that everybody at the University of Florida feels good about this. Take it for what you will. Um, the real recruit that interests a lot of us, Jaden Bob, the Arkansas running back commit, visited. 
said he was absolutely blown away, said he thought his commitment to Arkansas was at 50%, which to me just says he's about ready to bolt one way or another. Um, He is going to take a visit this weekend to Alabama, but Alabama just added another running back to the visit list for this weekend. Uh, Miami commit. I can't remember the young man's name, but he's from Alabama. Um, so that to me tells me that maybe my that maybe Alabama feels like um, boss trending towards us, so they better find another guy. I think they're also heavily favored to get um, Macy that's about to commit that was previously committed to Nebraska. So really looking forward to that. I know the staff feels really like uh, Jane Ba is like an is a number one back kind of kid. He certainly looks the part. I urge you to go check out his, you know, his highlights and whatnot. I think he would be a great addition to the class on top of Kane and Daniels. That gives you two solid running backs to add to that room that, of course, we just lost, you know, Trevor Etienne out of that room. But early word right now, even though he hasn't announced anything officially, is that the staff does feel like Montreal Johnson is going to return next season which would be tremendously important at this stage after losing Trevor, you, you know, at least you would still have that. You'd have Webb. You don't know how Cam Carroll is going to come back, obviously from another knee injury, but so depth at the running back room right now is very important. Um, we obviously, we had some, some portal guys visit uh, defensive lineman, Joey Slackman from Penn university visited, uh, Word coming out of the visit was we felt very good, but apparently he's still going to take some more visits. Here we are. I don't. <laughs> um, wide receiver Shamir Dyke from Wisconsin visited. Obviously, that's a former wide receiver that played under Graham. He's going to take a visit to Utah. I don't believe that that is the kid that the staff wants at wide receiver. I don't know maybe if they took the visit as a courtesy or a backup plan. But we've got some receivers coming in this weekend that I think are a little bit more higher on the list of what they're looking for, and we'll cover them in a second. But um, there just wasn't a whole lot of information that came out about the young man's visit to say, hey, I loved it. It was this. It was that. You didn't hear, oh, it was great to come hang out with Graham and you know get to hear. You just didn't hear a whole lot about, about the visit. Um, so obviously – you know, we're getting some guys in this this last weekend, but this weekend it looks like we're finally going to start bringing in some offensive talent, offensive line talent, which I know Wes is going to be very excited about, and I know most of the fan base is going to be excited about. And not only are we bringing in some some portal guys, but a couple of more JUCO guys as well, which is a very interesting move to me by the staff that they're looking at some of these, these JUCO guys because – CJ covered it earlier. You know, you see Juco's, it doesn't have the greatest history for producing, you know, obviously you can, you can show the outliers, the Cam Newtons of the world, Aaron Rodgers, you know, recently there's been some more guys. I know CJ put out a list the other day on social media. Uh, Jermaine Johnson at FSU was one that, that jumped off the page, but um, we're just going to break some of these names down real quick and, and talk about it. And I want to start with what I feel like is the biggest visit literally, figuratively, all of that, of the weekend. And that is offensive tackle Brandon Crenshaw-Dixon out of San Diego State. This is a young man that's been a a two-year starter for San Diego State at offensive tackle. He's 6'6", 310 pounds. He was like their highest-graded offensive lineman last year. This is a guy. And now you got to remember, last year we were after their other offensive tackle, Simmons, that ended up going to – to Ohio State. So this is a guy they're trying to get him in real fast. They, they, they've obviously made him a priority. They're getting him here quick. And before we move on to any of the other guys, I want to say they're also bringing in Juco offensive tackle. His name is Maurice Rodriguez out of California. This is a kid that's 6'7", 320 pounds, another offensive tackle um, that plays at Saddleback College in California. He's just got offered by USC as well. He's a kid that's been off the radar, but apparently has really started to to blow up here in recent weeks. Wes, does getting a couple of these big-time offensive linemen in here start to ease your mind a little bit about what we're looking for? Yeah, everybody's upset about the portal and, and how aggressive we're going to be in the, the guys. 
I, I feel like we have a lot of talent on a lot of you know a lot of positions as far as youth, and I want to see the youth movement uh, as recruiting. Will, I, I felt like twenty twenty four was our year as far as the team being able to compete year in year out. I feel like twenty twenty five was our year with DJ Lagway. We need offensive linemen, and, and to, to, because of I feel like the other positions that linebacker we have dudes coming in. DB, we got some guys last year that are going to come in and, and produce in the years to come. Receivers, Andy Jean, we saw Eugene Wilson, Mizell didn't play this year. Backs, we have Webb, we have Caden Daniels coming in. Quarterback, we have Lagway coming in. Linebackers, I think I just said that. We have guys coming in at linebacker. D-line, we get McCray, we have Cersei, we have Collins. I feel like the to me, Hurst, CJ, offensive line is the the, the, the position. We I, I chronicled how I play action that that Napier wanted to run. Maybe he not the offensive coordinator next year, but I feel like the things that he wanted to do, he wasn't able to do because whenever we ran that play action pass, that the shot play that every offensive coordinator in football runs. It's a play-action pass. It's something that sets the defense up. You take your shot play when you get to 45 on in when you're on your side, 45 on whether we get to 50, the other team's 45. They take every every offense coordinator takes that shot play. We weren't able to do it because whenever Mertz hit his back step after that play-action play, somebody was in the backfield. I don't care what we take in the portal, whether it's a Jugo guy, whether it's a guy that played the San Diego State, I need offensive linemen to challenge the offensive linemen that we have to give Merce the opportunity to take that shot to Aiden Mizell next year, to Andy Jean next year, to Eugene Wilson next year, to Jackson next year, because Jackson can make some plays when the ball is in the air and he's one-on-one. I don't mind our receivers. I don't mind with Jackson coming in and we have – we saw uh, Bordenham take some steps. He kind of disappeared the later half of the season. I don't mind our tight ends. I don't mind the backs. I mean, we left – we left Trevor. I want Johnson to be able to work on his uh, catches. We have uh, some guys coming back. I don't because Caden um, Daniels is a versatile guy, played quarterback at the school. So to me, he's an athlete. I'm pretty sure he can probably catch the ball as well. I don't mind anything on offense. I don't care about anything on defense right now. I know Hurst has some stuff about the safety position, which I, I concur with him as far as depth is concerned. But to me, the most important position that we need to address, you know, in the portal is offensive line. Unless Kearney steps up, unless the kid from IMG that we got. Najee Harris. Najee Harris steps up. To me, our tackles, I would love to move Barbara because Barbara wasn't great at left tackle this year. Let me, let me, let me hijack you on that a bit because it, a report came out this week and I wondered, and I'm glad you brought this up about, uh, Austin Barber was playing with an absolute multitude of injuries this year. Um, I, I, he had – they were saying he had to get a shot in his ankle every game to play. He eventually was playing with a broken clavicle and then a torn labrum towards the end of the year. So, if you can imagine being a tackle and having to use your – you know, have your arms up and block and try to get power, you know – out of your arms and trying to play through that while on a bum ankle. I mean, I once again, not making excuses for anybody, but that's a hell of a lot of stuff for an offensive tackle to go through. I do agree with you. Maybe he should slide back to right because he was absolutely great at right tackle. But yeah, he was- I just wanted to put kind of an asterisk out there about Barber because you brought that up that, hey, this guy was playing with hella injuries. <laughs> Hurst, I don't, to, 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 to piggyback on what you said, whether he plays left tackle or right tackle, we know Barber's solid. I mean, he's if, got if that he's, attitude. He's got the right – yeah. Yeah, he's he's here. He's the type of guy that you you, you can plug in and you know, okay, but he spent – it wasn't that he was horrific at left tackle. We just know the year before and then uh, that you add the, the, those uh, points about him being, him being injured. Maybe that was his struggle at left tackle. I don't care who we – I need tackles that are going to be able to help him whether he goes to right tackle or stays at left tackle and somebody else goes to right tackle because it was – I mean, offensive line, I mean, we know what they were. I, I like Slaughter. 
Um, from what I saw, he was better than Kingsley. Uh, to me, I think you'll definitely fun. see a definite uh, second year jump for Slaughter. I agree with you on that. I mean, that's just reps and experience. You saw the him get better every every game. Well, I know some will say he didn't. I mean, he it was new to the. I mean, he was it was his basically. If he was in the NFL, it would have been his rookie year. This is his first time taking snaps in the SEC in the trenches with great defensive tackles. We know what the SEC is about. <laughs> so if you know we play in the best conference, you know what every conference is trying to do. The best guys are playing in the FCC in, in the trenches on the defensive side of the ball. So he had his struggles. But to me, that was a learning experience for him to come into next year. You know what I didn't see? What Kingsley used to do? The false snaps <laughs> where Eric False start on everybody on the office. He line. couldn't do that because Damian George was always taking it away from him. Yeah. But <laughs> but I like I like what our office line can be with some guys coming in. We had some highly recruited guys. You mentioned Harris from IMG that I forgot his name, Kearney, who was more uh highly recruited than than Harris was. I just need some tackles to be able to give Mertz because Mertz can put the ball where Mertz is a great game manager. And if I and we'll get into this next spring. But if our defense can do what we hope they can do, what they started to do at the beginning of last year, and Mercer's going to hit these guys, what I feel like Andy Jean and I feel like Mazel and I feel like Wilson can do, I feel like we're straight. I just need guys in the trenches for depth pieces as well to make sure that we're straight. That's all I care about. I don't care about any other position. I don't care about DBs. we got a lot of talented guys in the secondary. We're bringing some guys from linebacker that recruited. I know they're freshmen, but they're highly, highly recruited. We probably have the the second or third best linebacker class in the country, if not first, in my opinion. So I feel like we, we're straight for next year, even though we have a tough-ass schedule. So um, offensive line is where it's at. And I want that kid from San Diego State. CJ, what are your feelings on on the offensive linemen we're bringing in? Um, yeah, I mean, offensive line has been something that I think we've all hit on uh, as much as we can. I've said from the beginning, you know, from years and years and years and years and years, I said the University of Florida will never have a great football team until we have a good offensive line. That's just the way I believe football starts and begins and and it ends with that offensive line. I've never in my life watched a team play for a national championship and said, damn, that offensive line looks suspect. Um, It just doesn't happen. You you can't, you cannot run a team that way. Um, I think we've got a lot of guys that are playing out of position. I think Damian George, is, you know, I don't think – I'm not saying he's an all-conference player, but I think he'd be better if he was playing guard than if he was playing tackle. Uh, You saw uh, Slaughter come through and get ready to go. Uh, You know, he started off kind of shaky, but as the year went on, I kind of preferred to have him in there over Kingsley, and I think he'll take another step this year. Um, You know, we talk about Barber. Barber's probably our best offensive lineman we have. Um, You know, the guy's dealing with some injuries. It is what it is. You got to get in there and you got to get his. I, I I want bodies. I want depth. I want you to get me every swing and dick you can for the offensive line in the portal because at this point we can't get no worse. We got to have guys. Can you play? I'm I'm on the Deion Sanders plan right now. Get them in the fall if they don't work out. Push them out in the spring and get some more in because we got to get it fixed. The football team next year will begin and end and it will go with that offensive line. So you've got to get everybody you can get. If this kid from San Diego State gets here, I do not want him leaving the campus without saying, I'm, I'm coming to Florida. He's the kind of guy that I, I don't, I'm not usually this kind of guy that, that really freak out about stuff like this. But, damn it, you got to get something going here. I mean, everybody's looking at you. I know behind the scenes. If you're behind the scenes and you know stuff, you know, been told stuff, you know we're, we're doing things. But on the outside looking in, it looks like we ain't doing Jack Diddley squat. So you've got to get something going, uh, you know, and, and a lot of that's to no fault of Billy Napier. Uh, we, we've touched on a lot of the stuff that, that happens within the program that isn't his fault. Billy Napier isn't right NIL checks. Billy Napier isn't paying salaries for coaches. Um, that's, that's not what he does. So if you want to get mad at somebody, he's not the one to get mad at. I'm sure Billy Napier would love to speed up a lot of these processes. And I understand there are some things he takes pretty slow, but I don't think that this is this is one of them. Get these guys in here. Get the offensive line fixed. I'm not saying you need to take five offensive linemen like Deion Sanders. I'm not saying you need to take that, but you need to get at least one or two guys who are quality players 
honestly, and, and as much as we dog the offensive line recruiting, I think this is probably our, one of our better offensive line classes that we brought in in the 24 class in a long time. Uh, I think Maskell and Williams and those guys, they could be developed. But but the problem is we don't have time to develop at the moment. you, you got to start winning some ball games. Uh, so you got to lean on the guys that you got in last year. you got to hope that Najee Harris can take a step. you got to hope that Roger Kearney can take a step. Kate Jones, can he figure it out? Cameron Waits, can you get back to what you were before you know you got hurt? You've got to get these guys fixed, and you've got to get as many more bodies as you can in the room to make sure that they're all being pressured. You're getting the best five guys out there on the field, and if somebody goes down, it's not the end of the world. That That's the problem with this offensive line. You just didn't have any depth behind it, and the, the starters you had weren't exactly you know great, great options. Uh, and it is what it is. We could have saw Graham Mertz behind a terrible offensive line, an offensive line that was porous. We saw Graham Mertz do things that I don't think any of us expected him to do. When you throw for 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns and you run for a couple of more, that's not what we thought Graham was going to do. If you could give him some time with the weapons that we have, with the Andy Jeans, with the Aid Mizells, with the with the Eugene Wilson, with an Arliss Boardingham, with an Amir Jackson, with Jeray Hawkins and Tawaski Abrams, those guys – game breakers they got speed if you can give him just a hair a fraction of a second more in that pocket I, i'd be amazed i'd like to see what graham could do so yep. this is one position where as far as re- recruiting and we're talking about the portal this is one position you've got to start getting some wins at because yep. if you don't i don't like the way we look going into the next season against great defensive lines you're talking about playing every team in Florida. You're talking about every every team in Mississippi. You're playing two teams from Texas. I mean, you've got ball teams coming into the swamp, and you've got to go two places and play against them. You've got to get this offensive line right, especially when you're talking about places you got to go on the road. Um, you're talking, you know, false starts and things like that, procedure penalties. You've got to get some experienced guys in there to really be able to weather the storm of this crowd. You go to Texas, that place is going to get crazy. You got 115,000 people in the building. Um, you know, it, this is a this is a serious serious season for this team. It, it's got to get started. It's got to get some offensive linemen. It's got to get these guys in here and get developed. I, I don't know what the, I, the answer is. I don't know if Sale and Stapleton are going to be your offensive line coaches. I really don't care. You've got to fix that offensive line, or, or you won't be able to do anything else anyway. So th- that's kind of how I feel about it. Yep. Yeah, and. You know, these are just the names we got right now, guys. I would fully expect there's going to be a f- more than a few more added to this list as the weekend approaches. I mean, as we're recording this right now, it's Wednesday night. A lot of these kids don't confirm until tonight, tomorrow night, maybe even Friday morning. Uh, and, you know, the staff doesn't want everybody's name to get out because they're competing with other teams to get these guys on visits right now in this short portal window. Um, some Receivers, you know, Wes was talking about some receivers a minute ago, and I was talking about earlier when we were talking about Shamir Dyke, but uh, receivers that you might, as of right now, these are rumored names that could be here this weekend. The biggest being Ja'Cory Brooks, uh, transfer from Alabama. As you might remember, we were recruiting this kid a couple years back. He came real close to coming to Florida. I mean, it was it was in we were one of the finalists for him. He's from Florida. A guy that was was playing, but then got in. He was injured last year. Um, got a little passed up on the death chart by by um, Isaiah Bond, who we know is a really good wide receiver. Should have been a Gator. Uh, another story for another day. Thank you, Dan. Um, so that would be a great get right there if you can get Jacory Brooks on campus and possibly get a commitment from him. I know a lot of people feel good that if he makes it, things could happen there. Um, Cyrus Allen is another one, wide receiver from Louisiana Tech. This is a young man that had 46 catches for 700, excuse me, 778 yards last year on a team that went three and nine. So, I mean, you know, he's a, he's one of those speed and space kind of guys, though, real fast. Um, and that's what the staff is looking for, I believe, still more speed, more, you know, we've seen it in the recruiting classes, Isaiah Williams, um, uh, Hawkins, you know, all the – yeah, all these guys are, are speed guys, and that's what you what they're trying to get is just lots of speed that they can work with in different ways, like you've seen with Trey Wilson. Um, so the other name that we have confirmed as of tonight at, you know, what is it, 745 on a Wednesday evening is um, 
defensive tackle, Juco defensive tackle, Malcolm Acorn Crowder. Now that's a damn football name for you, ain't it? Or, uh, <laughs> uh, or, or a soup? I don't know what that is. He's a defensive tackle, 6'6", six, six, um, 300 pounds. This is a guy, though, at the Juco level that had nine sacks in, two, in, in, in 2023. So he's a he's a guy that he only had like 28 tackles or something like that. He's the number 28 rated JUCO prospect in the country. So this is them trying to get another guy that has got production on the defensive line, another big body. We talked about that earlier. So, um, you know, once again, though, going that JUCO route. And I don't know if that's because some of the JUCO guys might come a little cheaper than some of the portal guys. That's that's out of my um out of my league as far as those decisions go. And you can take from that what you will. But, guys, that's about it right now. That's what we know. I mean, there's, like I said, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Uh, the schedule just released. Yes, the, uh, the schedule is absolutely murderous like we expect it to be. Um, I don't know how else to put it, guys. It's, it's, it's ugly. If you haven't seen the schedule already, I mean, of course, we opened with Miami, but that that last stretch of games is, guys, I, if Billy makes it through the season, then he then he really did something, um, because you know it starts on November second with with Georgia, and then you go November 9th at Texas. November 16th, LSU at home, November 23rd, Ole Miss at home, and then you finish November 30th at Florida State. That's an evil stretch of ball games, boys. Um, we get two buys next year. That that's kind of cool. <laughs> Yay. I got two weeks for mental health. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, if you look at the front half of the schedule. If you can get this team right, you can get a fast start out of the gate. Now, Miami at home in the first game of the season, Miami's going to be a team that's going to give you trouble, if, depending on who they get at quarterback in the portal. They, they, you know, they've got a good offensive line. They got good running backs. Um, you're going to have to get defense right. They're going to come, but it's a home game, so you start with them. Then you got Sanford the next week. Then you got Texas A&M coming in, and of course they're going to be a new coach, a whole bunch of new players. Mm-hmm. So, and then at Mississippi State for your first road game, and then before you got a buy, so you've got a chance right there to really get out the gate strong. And then you come back from the buy, and you've got UCF at home, which you sh- you should beat UCF. I don't want to hear there ain't you can't lose to UCF at home. There nope. is no scenario. If, if you lose that game, you might as well pack your bags that night and just head on, you know, head on down the road. Um, and then you go travel to Tennessee October 12th, then Kentucky at home. I, I mean, you're going to be playing. Nico is going to be starting for Tennessee in that game. I mean, but the problem with that is, is he's going to have quite a few games under his belt by that point, and it's on the road. Huh? I don't like playing Tennessee when it's not in September. We're it's weird, play, man. We're supposed to they're, – they're throwing a party over there. They were like, thank God we don't have to play Florida in September. Yeah, because Nico's <laughs> going to have his – going to get his feet wet, and they're going to – you know. Now, lots of things can happen, and we understand that. Uh, one is, I mean, you get this offensive line even remotely serviceable. Grand Mertz is in his second year. You know, you could put up some really good numbers on offense, but there's a lot of things that have to happen, and that defense has to turn around. But, like I said, the front half of that schedule is going to play out where you could absolutely get way ahead of things here. And that's what you have to play for. I mean, that back half is is torturous. But you get ahead of the eight ball and you roll into the Georgia game, you know, with a, with a good winning record, you're four game, you know, four or five games in the win column. I mean, you know, up. You know, you can make some things happen, and Billy buys himself another year. But he's, you know, it's all on his shoulders to get up. Like I said, to get ahead of to get ahead of things there. All right, guys. Well, 
that's going to do it for this week's episode, man. We appreciate you all tuning in. Like I said, you know, lots of things happening. Stay tuned into our social media pages. Make sure you check our Twitter and our Facebook page. And if you haven't already, make sure you join our Facebook chat that we've got over there. Um, we talk every day, each and every day about what's going on with Florida and recruiting, coaching rumors, all of that. We'd love to have you. We've got a great community there, very positive for the most part. Everybody's very civil, and we appreciate that. Um, also, guys, it's either going to be next week or the week after. Pod of the People is going to make its triumphant return. So go ahead and be thinking about those questions. And you guys that ask baseball questions, make sure you get those questions ready for we're CJ. Because God knows CJ is ready to talk about some baseball. He's Please. Talking- I think we're all ready to talk about baseball. <laughs> Yeah. I think I think we'd like to get back to baseball because man, if everything was a lot more fun when it was the summertime, the baseball team was winning, we were recruiting our ass off. Oh, we were doing good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need that positivity. We are a baseball school. Um, That's right, baseball school. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is right now. So, I mean, just go like I said, go ahead and and be thinking about things you want to ask. Obviously, we'll make an announcement officially when that's going to be when it, when we start that, so y'all can send in questions and um. You know, we appreciate y'all that participate with that each and every week when we do it. CJ, what you got to add before we get out? Uh, just make sure you support our friends with all my monitor. They're dropping new stuff weekly. It's Christmas time. Go there and get some stuff for Christmas. You better hurry up, though, if you want it in time for Santa Claus to be here. As, uh, you know, they can't work miracles. Uh, the United States Postal Service is what it is. So uh, you, got, you got to better go, go get your stuff that uh, you can find over there. Use our link. It helps us out a ton. helps them out a ton. They've got all kinds of stuff that's coming out over there. They've got a brand new, uh, the white Florida baseball script hat. They've got that in blue now, uh, which looks really nice. I'm going to be picking one of those up. So uh, they've got it in blue. You know, pick that one up. I love anything blue. Uh, you know, we got to get as much, many colors as we can get. Uh, so uh, thank you guys so much for supporting us, supporting the Facebook, supporting the Twitter, supporting the YouTube channel. Uh, you know, you know, get your, like Kerr said, get ready for the questions. I'll probably start at the community question again. I'll, I'll find out some, some things I want to ask you guys. So I'll be on the lookout for that for sure. Um, but thank you guys so much for the continued support, uh, helping us grow channels, doing great numbers. Um, we really appreciate it, especially in the time when it's kind of, everything's not really looking. It's not always fun to be a fan right now. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> not, it's not, everything's not perfect in the moment. Um, but there's a lot of news coming out. We're getting ready for next week's show where we'll be wrapping up early signing day. Um, so keep your ear to the ground for that. Um, thank you so much for all of us. Yes, sir. Wes, take us home. Yeah. A lot of stuff for CJ said, I want to reiterate and, and piggyback off of. Thank you guys for the support. If you listen to us, that means you really, really, really love the Florida Gators. Cause we know. And <laughs> <laughs> no fair weather fans in here, baby. <laughs> uh, you really love us to be listening so we thank you guys for listening and if you're still here uh trying to get the latest news that means you're dedicated and you're a true gator uh so we, we appreciate that and you know cj's talked about uh our link and our sponsor please click a link and and you know shop and if you want to get your kids something if you want your spouse to get you something for florida gators send them that link so they can get you anything uh using our link uh we appreciate the support continue to follow us Get in that Facebook chat. Uh, uh, Hirsch is really, really, really in there uh, conversating with the guys. So he's doing his thing there. So I got to give him his flowers um, as he's uh, continuing to uh, convert, converse with you guys and give you guys the latest of what's going on. Um, but we appreciate you guys. Can't wait to see what happens next week. Uh, Saturday, CJ said, is coming to a close, and we'll have a, a recap of that um, so you guys can hear firsthand what we think about what we got and who we kept and who we maybe flip if that happens uh, next week. So uh, stay tuned, and hopefully there's some good news. And as always, go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators, guys. Be easy. Get that Christmas shopping done. We'll see you next week. Uh